Hi guys, today's video is all about the factors you wanna be considering when getting out a mortgage. There's a lot to think about, and this video brings it all together in one place so that you've got a simple and easy to understand way of getting through all of it. So, stay tuned for more. Hi guys, welcome to the Money Paradox podcast and my name is James Corsier. This video is all about the factors you want to be considering when taking out a mortgage. First of all, what property do you want? That obviously makes a big difference, but more importantly, what are you using the property for? Is it residential, as in for you to live in? Are you going to be renting it out? Is it going to be short-term, long-term stays? Think about that because that is big. Second one, what broker are you going to use? Now, a lot of people don't use a broker. They go straight to a lender to get a mortgage, but I massively recommend going with a broker because there's so much to think about. And, and all of these things affect what lending you're going to be able to get, whether you can get lending, how much you can get, and so you don't want to be going all the way down one path only to realize that it's a path you can't take. So secondly, get a broker. And more importantly, what broker? Now I'm going to put in the show notes one that I recommend, one that I use, I think is amazing. If you've got one already, brilliant. If you know somebody within your network that can recommend one, even better. Okay, but nonetheless, absolutely get a broker because there's a lot going on here. Third, mortgageability so when you're buying a property there's certain things that lenders like and don't like and if you get a property that has these things that they don't like it's going to affect your ability to get a mortgage they might restrict how much they're going to lend they might increase interest rate hey they might just say no i'm not going to lend thank you very much so some of the things to think about in that area some examples one if there's commercial in the property they don't like that big blocks of flats don't like that either. Cladding, oh, big, big, big drama. Trust me, with Grenfell Tower happening, which was really, really sad, so much has come from that. So much regulation, so much nervousness. So any kind of cladding on properties, they're super cagey about, so you need to be checking that one out. Uh, I could put a whole uh, podcast just on that particular area. But absolutely be thinking about what are the kinds of things they like or don't like, if in doubt, check with your broker. Number four, repayment versus interest only mortgage. Repayment means that every month you're paying the interest, but also paying a bit of the amount that you owe. So over time, you pay it down. Interest only, you just pay the interest. So a year from now, two years from now, you still owe the same amount, right? Traditionally, if you're getting a residential mortgage, you're gonna get a repayment mortgage. If you're going to get a buy-to-let property, you're going to get an interest-only mortgage. Now, you can do the opposite for each of those. It's possible, but it's going to hurt you in terms of your options, the interest rates you're getting, and so on. So generally speaking, best to stick to what is the norm unless you've got a particular setup for yourself. All right, next one, fifth one, the property price and value. Now, I'm going to come on to that. So firstly, what are you going to pay for it? Because when 
you are getting lending, usually they'll give a restriction on the loan to value, how much they're willing to lend relative to what you're paying for it. Now notice it's loan to value, not loan to price. So let's say you're going to pay 200,000 pounds for property, okay? And you apply for lending to a particular lender. And then as part of that, they're gonna go and get a surveyor to value that property. When they value it, if they believe it's worth less than 200,000, let's say it's worth 170,000 in their mind, they're gonna tell the lender that's worth 170,000 and they are going to restrict lending based on that value, not the price you're paying for it. So that, that particular lender might say, right, I'm gonna lend maximum 75% of the value of the property. It's gonna be 75% times 170, not 200,000, okay? So what happens is in those situations, you usually have to add on top that 30,000 on top of what they're lending you to be able to pay 200,000 to the seller. Now you can sometimes use that as negotiation to say, yeah, so lender thought it was 170,000, so can I get it for that? But sometimes the seller's gonna go, no, you said 200, that's what I want. And you could say, fine, I'm not gonna pay it. But at the end of the day, if that's what they want, you've either gotta pay it or you need to walk away, okay? So it all depends on the, the climate. Now that is the next one we're gonna come on to. Sixth one, the market climate. So if, if there's a lot of people wanting to buy properties and there's not much sellers, well then, the ability to negotiate on price and maybe reduce that particular example is going to be more difficult. Okay, so you want to be you want to be mindful of how many buyers are out there, how many sellers are out there. Is it a buyer's market? Are you in a good position, or is it a seller's market and you're not a great position? Okay. Also, what's the climate like for lenders? Okay, because at the moment, because of COVID. People are nervous, they think maybe prices are gonna go down and so on. And so as a result, there's less mortgage availability. The maximum loan to value, say on a, on a, on a residential property, normally, or at least pre-COVID, was 90%. Now it's 85%, okay? When times are really, really good, that goes up to 95, maybe even 100%. So when the market is really good and everybody's happy and confident, then you know lenders just want to give you money they're like take it please please you know the lowering interest rates giving you all these little benefits and stuff right because they want to give you the money they want to lend it because they see it as positive whereas at the moment their feelings are a little bit more negative they're more nervous right and so they're going to reflect that in in offerings that are a bit worse all right next one is around the money that you have available okay so unfortunately at least at the moment you can't go and buy a property fully from lending. You have to put some of your own money in. I know, it kind of sucks. And it's often needed quite a lot. So let's say you buy a property for 200,000 and it's a buy to let, let's say 25% as a minimum for you to put in the deposit. That's 50,000 pounds you've got to pay to buy that property. Not only that, there's a whole load of transaction costs to buy it stamp duty, legal fees, broker fees, um, all of that stuff, mortgage fees. And so it's not just 50,000, it might be 60, it might be 70,000 pounds, okay? So you, know, you need to bear in mind that you need an amount of money yourself 
to buy that property. And the more you have available, the more options you have. Next one, your credit position. So if you've been doing some silly things, you've not been paying your debts, your credit cards, or you've got a lot of debt, or you know somebody took you to court and you lost, maybe you went bankrupt, okay, that's quite extreme. But you know some people out there are bankrupt. Some people out there have been taken to court. So maybe those are a little bit more extreme and not everybody has those, but certainly you know people have debt, or a lot of people do, or haven't paid their payments regularly. All of these things can hurt your ability to get a mortgage because when a lender decides hmm shall i lend to james <laughs> what's he going to do he's going to check out your situation they're not going to just think oh well you know that's a good property yeah have the money they're going to think well is james responsible and one of the ways they do that is they look at your credit position they look at how all of the things in there to see whether you're reliable trustworthy or not now you might have a view of that, but the lender is also gonna take a view on that. And it's not just on your word for it, unfortunately. Okay, they do other things. They'll pull together other things like bank statements, your income and so on. So gotta bear that in mind. That comes us on to the next one, your income. So when you are getting a mortgage, two main ways they're gonna try and decide whether to support that mortgage. It's residential. It's your income. So the more income you have, the more of a mortgage you can get. If it's a buy to let, it's on the rent. So they're gonna assess how much rent you can get on that property. And they're gonna work out a bit of a stress test, a calculation on that. And the more rent they believe they're gonna achieve on it, the more lending they're gonna lend to you because they'll it, that rent will be able to cushion a higher mortgage payment. Next one, the lender. So see different lenders have different benefits. Some will lend to more people, others will have a lower interest rate. Some will be better for buy to lets, others will be better for residential. Some will be better for longer term lending, others for shorter term. It all depends, right? And again, that is why having a broker is so important because to, to work through all of that is difficult. Now, yeah, you could say, James, I don't need a broker. I can go on one of those websites and I can put in what I want and they'll do a little comparison thing and they say, oh, Halifax, they're the best one. Okay, maybe they are, I don't know. But that isn't the full picture because there's so many other things that are going on behind the scenes that maybe on the face of it might seem Halifax is the best. but Maybe Halifax doesn't like you because of all of the stuff that's going on. Maybe you're in a credit situation. Uh, so... A broker will understand the full picture and then take that into account with what mortgage you get. In addition, there are some rates and some products and so on that they'll be aware of that you might not be aware of because these comparison tools don't always factor in everything. They might just factor in some of that availability. Okay, next, market climate. We've talked about interest rates. So when you're then working with a broker to actually understand what mortgage you want to go with, one of the key things you're going to be looking at is the interest rate. And that is effectively when you're getting that mortgage, okay, let's take the £200,000 property example, okay, 75% loan to value, so you're going to get £150,000 in, in lending as a mortgage from the lender, okay? So 
the interest rate will massively impact how much you're paying in your monthly payment because it will be that percentage times by the debt you owe. So if it's an interest only mortgage, okay, let's say the interest payment say was 5%, it will be 5% of 150,000. What's that? 150,000, 15,000 is 10%, uh, 7,500 pounds per year. Good maths, right? seven and a half thousand pounds per year and then you would divide that by 12 to work out what you pay each month if it's repayment mortgage obviously then you have to add on the amount uh you're repaying each month that brings us on to the uh the term of the mortgage so when you're applying for a mortgage you'll get it but it will also be for how long is that mortgage now for interest only that doesn't tend to matter because you're just paying the interest but really it matters most for repayment mortgages. And that's because, let's say you take a 30 year term mortgage, okay? You're gonna pay the interest uh, each month that you owe on the amount outstanding, and you're gonna pay an amount towards the capital that you owe. So that over the 30 years, you will have paid off the full debt on the property. Now what they do is they do it so it's always the same payment. So at the beginning, okay, it's going to be mostly interest and a little bit of capital because you owe the most then. And towards the end when you owe much less, it's going to be mostly capital and a little bit of interest, okay? So the longer the term, the less you're going to pay each month because you've got longer to pay it off. And the lower the interest, the lower the payment because you've got less interest on the amount you owe. Simple, obvious, right? <laughs> Next one, fixed period. So when you get a mortgage out, you're usually offered a fixed period. Sometimes it can be variable. I'll put that to one side for a second. A fixed period. Now usually the minimum fixed period is two years, but you can get three, five, ten. They're the, co they're the most common periods. Two, three, five, and ten. Effectively, that means if you've got a two-year fixed term, it would mean you're guaranteed that interest rate for two years. So effectively, you can rely on knowing what you're going to be paying each month for those two years. Now, some people might like more assurance and say, well, you know what? I don't know. Well, what happens in three years? The interest rates go up. Then I might be stuck with much higher payments. So in those situations, some people like to get a longer fixed term, maybe 10 years, so that they know they're gonna pay that exact amount for 10 years. Now the trouble with that is that what you're doing is you're de-risking yourself for 10 years and you're putting that risk on the lender. Now obviously the lender wants to get paid for that risk, right? So in exchange for that, they're gonna increase the interest rate usually, increase the interest rate so that they get more money for that increased risk okay next one early repayment charge so in that fixed period okay if you choose to cease the mortgage earlier than that fixed period coming to an end you usually pay an early repayment charge so let's say you have the two-year fixed term and after a year you're like you know what don't want this mortgage this mortgage sucks <laughs> i want to go get that mortgage that mortgage is way better, it's a better rate, I like that lender, this, this one's dodgy, whatever, okay? Then you might wanna go over there. 
But understandably, that lender doesn't want to lose your business, okay? Because it was relying on getting that money each month from you. So the way they deal with that is by putting in an early repayment charge. Now they vary lender to lender, but they usually reduce over time. So for example, it might be say two year fixed term, okay? If you finish the mortgage within a year, you're gonna pay 3%. And if you finish it within the second year, you're gonna pay 2%. That's 2% of the full amount outstanding on the mortgage or the amount you took out. Okay, so it can be a really big amount, okay? So this is a big thing to consider because if for whatever reason you think, oh, you know what? I might wanna get out of this mortgage before the end, then you'll wanna look for maybe a shorter fixed term, okay? So because the shorter the fixed term, then you could just wait to the end of it and then move on. Or look for lower early repayment charges because then if you do leave it, you're gonna pay less. So common examples are you might want to sell your property, move on to a new area and buy another property. You would have to stop that mortgage and get an early repayment charge. Or maybe you want to remortgage because let's say you take out a 10 year fixed term. Okay. After three years, you're like, wow, James, my mortgage has gone up by 50%. I'm raking it in. I'm rich. I'm rich. I've made a hundred thousand pounds on my 200,000 pound property. Okay. That in that situation, right? You're like, yeah, I've got another hundred thousand pounds, but because you can't remortgage it to get that money out to access that money, you're stuck. Okay, you might have it on paper, but you don't have it in your hand. So you might go, you know what? Screw it. I want to just stop this mortgage, go with someone else to remortgage the money. By doing that, you'd have to do an overpayment charge, and then you'd be charged for it. Okay, so another way to consider. All right, next one upfront costs so when you get a mortgage out there are different ways okay but the thing to think about is there's a number of fees that a lender charges and a broker charges upfront about getting that mortgage so common ones are an admin fee so you know to process the order to review it second one valuation fee so to go value the property they're the two most common there's some other ones but you know, they all vary. And they're just ways for the lender to get money from you upfront at the beginning, okay? Some may charge high amounts of that, some might not charge anything. The other way lenders add on money to the cost of your lending outside of the interest rate is the product fee. Now the benefit with the product fee is that you can usually add it onto the mortgage so you don't have to pay it upfront. Now, the cool thing with that is that you don't actually see that cost. And when you only, you only pay it when you come to the end of mortgage and you repay that mortgage, maybe when you go on to someone else or you sell it, sell the property, and hopefully your property's gone up in value more than that product fee. And so you don't really see that cost. It's a cost there, but you're not actually physically paying for it. Now, obviously, if the value's gone down, <laughs> then you're double hit because you've got the product fee and the reduction in the value of the property. But that's kind of the idea, okay? So two other ways lenders make money from you, not just in the interest rates, okay? And this is something to bear in mind because you might think, oh, that that mortgage, that's really good. I'm only paying 1.5% for that mortgage. And that mortgage over there, 
that's two percent that's rubbish but if that one and a half percent mortgage has got like 500 pound valuation fee 500 pound admin fee three thousand pounds in in pro product fee but this other one is free free valuation free admin free product fee then actually the two percent interest rate mortgage might actually be better when adding all of the fees up together again another reason why brokers is really valuable because they can then compute that can add all that stuff up and tell you overall which is more expensive or not okay the other way you can be paying upfront costs is your broker now if you go direct it's free some brokers don't charge you anything and they're like the really standard ones lnc is a big a common one really big very mainstream and they don't charge you anything other brokers kind of the standard for 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 most kind of normal brokers that you work with directly you have a personal relationship with generally speaking they'll charge you 500 pounds directly for each mortgage they secure for you and then they'll take a commission directly from the lender now don't worry about that commission because that won't affect the terms of the mortgage they will still get you the same terms as if you went direct it just means they'll just get kind of a kicker from that particular uh, lender on top okay and again don't worry about them uh, you know maybe being biased because maybe some lenders give them more than others if they are a good broker they definitely won't be doing that okay now obviously can't control that but usually that isn't something to worry about okay but never say never all right so in summary lots to think about when getting a mortgage out I've just gone through a quite a big list if you guys have got others that you can think about the you things that have come up when you be getting a mortgage out put them in the comment section below add it to the list so others can see we can talk about those as well guys I hope you found this video useful and as interesting as I found making it hope you found it valuable if you did like subscribe to find out my videos each week and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.